This podcast is presented in partnership with Rewatchable Media, home to several great podcasts and YouTube channels covering TV shows, movies, and culture. Find out more on rewatchable.media. Well, hi, Shane. Uh, hi, Michael. It's very rare that you start out the pod. It's, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's, see if anyone notices and can find this pod among all the others. <laughs> Uh huh. Episode seventy something. Yeah. Mm. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, this is Dad Pods, the unofficial MCU podcast. We're going to start out with our uh, regular news and notes, unless you want to talk about Urban Meyer. That is some news and notes. <laughs> so they they fired the guy at like twelve thirty a.m. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars. How how mad are you that you make? an employee come to your facility in the middle of the night mm-hmm. you got to be pretty mad yeah and you got i mean i think a lot of these like football types are you know they're around the facility all night long anyway some of them like sleep on their you know office couch and stuff sure. like that and if we know anything about his recent history he's probably not too too close with his family <laughs> so he might not nope. be you know racing home every evening yeah, so maybe he was just there. Yeah, so maybe he was just already there. Um, you know, I joke that, you know, they did it so they could, you know, catch the Monday London Jaguar fans. Which there's probably more than there are in, <laughs> in Jacksonville. Here's the thing. He is known for not working very hard. So he wasn't at the facility at that time. He's, he had not to have been, no. Yeah, he, he is notorious for how little he works. Yeah, the story is amazing. The, the most amazing thing is that he got hired in the first place, despite all yeah. the red flags. Mm-hmm. That's right. The fact that he's he's a he's an amazing college coach. Yes, uh, probably the second most successful college coach of all time. Yep. Behind Saban, and uh, he's a great. He's obviously a great recruiter. Uh, I was listing off some of the players from that 08 uh, Florida team. It's like Tebow and Cam Newton and uh, the the Pouncey brothers, the the serial killer. Yep. There's all kinds of players on that team. Percy Harvin, right? Percy Harvin, who everybody's terrified of. Yeah. He's like Marvin Harris. I'm sorry, Harvin Marison. Yeah. <laughs> but so all of that, he, this is a coach who is willing to kick a professional athlete. In fairness, he's willing to kick a professional kicker. Kicker is like, oh, you kick? I'll kick you. Yeah. How? It's like, did he long snap of one of the long snappers? <laughs> Well, then I'd be feel like I'm impressed. Yeah. Not even mad. How did he treat his college players, not the stars in that OA team? Or the killers on that OA team. Yeah, he's afraid of them. <laughs> if he's willing to kick uh, an adult. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the, the, the backup slot receiver who's like a, you know, five foot nine, 165 pound, you know, yep. you know 18 year old. Like, what's that, what's that guy? How is he treating that guy? Well, He's clearly th- a bully. Yeah, totally. And, and think of all the qualities that seem to work in the NFL where you have to command respect. Because these are all the best athletes in the world, mm-hmm. right? And you have to be able to recruit free agents so they, they can go to any team and then they choose to go to your team or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to toot my favorite team, the New England Patriots, for, for all of his flaws, Bill Belichick. Uh, when he cuts a player, he lets... He will do the thing that doesn't help the team financially. He'll let them sign with other teams by like cutting them, mm-hmm. even though it hurts the cap, because it's that's how important. He's the best. I'm 
pretty sure it's easy to say he's the best coach in the NFL right now. He's probably he, the best coach in the history of coach. Right. He has sport. to do these things. He has to do these things that hurts his team because that's how important it is to be friendly to the players. Yeah. I hate uh, Bill Belichick. Oh, you um, should. Anyway. Because <laughs> he's, he's so good. Anyway, well, this is not a uh, professional football podcast. Um or a professional football podcast, though I could talk about, you know, the the, the stunning uh, Chelsea Everton match from earlier today, uh, which was a one-one draw. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to cut all of this. All of this. <laughs> this is a long discussion. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, MCU. This is an MCU podcast. MCU. We got some news and notes. News um, and notes. So uh, as we record this, Spider-Man comes out in a couple of hours. Spider-Man, no way home. Yeah, and as you listen to this, it's been out for a while. Yeah, and the uh, the reviews, at least initially, have been excellent. I assume that it's going to be fun. Uh, I will. I am uh, planning on seeing it tomorrow evening. Yes, I will see this no matter what, mm -hmm. uh, whenever it can be worked out. For me, it is difficult to see because everyone in the family wants to see it. Yeah. We, we just have to find a time when it works for all four of us. Yeah, you can't just watch this one on your phone. Exactly. <laughs> That's my favorite way to watch things, of course. <laughs> uh, relatedly, uh, apparently in an interview on Sirius XM, uh, Tom Holland made a uh, stunning revelation. Yeah. Tom Holland, in what could be considered um, defiling a national treasure, mm -hmm. shall say, mm -hmm. he admits that he farted on Zendaya. Farted on Zendaya. Yeah, during a stunt. Mm-hmm. I have no comment other than, wow. Wow. Uh, number one, farting is funny. It is. It is always funny. We're dads. We like to fart. Yes. And to make fart jokes, pull my finger, all that stuff. Um, farting on a girl is not necessarily, like, you know, awesome. No, probably not. Is, isn't she his girlfriend? Like, hasn't that been she revealed? She is. Yeah. She is. So probably both, not the first time he's farted. on fart. screen and off. Yes. Um, do you think Tom Holland Dutch ovens Zendaya? <laughs> is it an important I mean, question? Is it an important question? I mean, isn't, uh, I mean, he's in the spider suit. Yes. I mean, if he farts, he's kind of Dutch ovening himself. All the time. Yeah. True. All the time. Because I, 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 I don't think there's any sort of like, you know, like full on like sealing compartments where it all gets sealed like below his weight waist in the suit, you know? Yeah. I think it's just like there's a free flowing, you know, goes up into his mask area and gas but, rises. That's that's the science. Mm -hmm. And uh we're gonna stick with it. Yep. Uh yeah, so uh if I didn't say so, that was uh uh courtesy of a serious XM radio interview where he actually admitted to it. So the source is in fact Tom Holland. Yes, Tom Holland telling on Tom Holland. So this is this is not something that we have to like, you know, do we believe this? It's like he said it and, and Zendaya was sitting next to him and she confirmed it. Yep. The fart heard around the world. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so tonight, the MCU property that we are talking about is Thor Ragnarok. A great movie. Great movie. Are you ready to recap uh, it? <clears throat> I am ready to recap it. You tell All me right. when. Three... Two, one, and go. Okay, Thor learns of the coming Ragnarok, the destruction of his homeworld Asgard. Surtur needs only to join his crown with the eternal flame in Asgard, and he will grow powerful enough to destroy the planet. Thor returns to Asgard 
with the crown after a surter ass-kicking, only to find that Loki is alive and impersonating Odin. Odin is off-world on Earth. They find Odin with some strange help, and they learn that Odin is dying. Once he dies, his powers can no longer imprison Thor's heretofore unknown sister, Hela. Hela appears, destroys Thor's hammer, and sends Loki and Thor to Sakaar, while she goes back to Asgard to conquer. Thor is forced to fight in gladiatorial bouts on Sakaar and fights their champion, Hulk. With the help of Valkyrie and some Hulk convincing, they escape Sakaar, return to Asgard, fight Hela, realize she is too strong even though Thor realizes his true power, and Thor decides the only way to save Asgard is to destroy it. The people escape, and the heroes bring about Ragnarok, destroying Hela and Asgard. Asgard is, after all, a people, not a place. Very close. Three minutes, three seconds over. Yeah. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. All right. I probably used, I probably said Ragnarok too many times. If I had said like rag, like one fewer Ragnarok, I probably would have, you know, gotten it under a minute. That would have gotten you there. It's a long word. Sure is. <laughs> so, Dadservation. Dadservation. This is the funniest MCU movie. Yeah. So, I, my family disagrees and I'll go into it later. Mm -hmm. I think the only other contenders would be the Ant-Man movies. <laughs> Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy? Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a sure. little more of like action comedy, mm -hmm. more of a hybrid. Sure. Yeah. And the same thing with like the Spider-Man entries. Yeah. This movie works more as a strict comedy though. Yeah. It's just a goofy comedy. It's almost like a, uh, it's heavily influenced by something like uh, Douglas Adams. Yes. Uh, even a little Monty Python thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, this is this is you a lot of the humor in this movie uses the fact that it is a superhero movie and mm -hmm. pokes fun at that yeah yeah um taika watiti this is his first uh, uh mcu movie um he's awesome as both a director and he plays korg in yep. this film or at least the voice of korg i don't think he was like walking around in a uh, suit like doing right. the whole stuff and the, the cgi stuff yeah probably not yeah they made Mark Ruffalo do that, though. Oh, now that's funny. Mm -hmm. Quick question. Who directed Thor 1 and or 2? Uh, Kenneth Branagh directed 1. Okay. And remember I cannot that. remember who directed 2. Yeah. I was going to say, like, everyone knew who directed 3 going right. into it. It was really big news. Yeah. And I, I do remember Kenneth Branagh, now that you bring it up, with Thor 1. Because it's Kenneth Branagh. I mean, he's right. like Mr. Shakespeare. Right. But uh, nobody remembered two, and we probably would remember two if two weren't the uh, the worst MCU movie. Yeah, quite a title. Yeah, that guy's gonna. Maybe we'll remember him someday for doing like the like one of the only bad ones. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> hey, I hope for all directors that maybe this guy will go on to direct something else, and that'll be really good. That that would be good for him. I wish him all the best. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the the holiday season. We need to, you know. Make sure that I, I hope he has a great Christmas. Yes. If he celebrates. If he doesn't celebrate, then, you know, I hope he has lo lovely Kwanzaa or happy holidays or whoever he is. Just ended. Yeah. All, all I know is it's a he. Yes, it was definitely a dude. <clears throat> uh, this is a complete star turn for Chris Hemsworth. He, but he was like, you know, I, I think largely, and, 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 and tell me what you think on this, but like in the first Avengers movie, second Avengers movie, even, he was kind of like the, 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 the fifth wheel Avenger and it was kind yeah. of out there on the side. He was kind of, you know, you never quite figured out what kind of character he was. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's the problem with the first two Thor movies as well. There's yeah. nothing. No, I think that's definitely true. 
there's nothing interesting about the character. And uh, hats off again to Taika Waititi to realize, oh, wait, Helmsworth has really great comedic chops. Yeah. Yeah, this is further down there. But, uh, you know, along with Infinity War, this is kind of Thor's hero journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something that probably should have been done, like we said, in Thor 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, so that these films would have been a little bit more of an established kind of character and it would have been better in both of the first Avengers movies. But right. um, this made up for it. This is in it, our top five, after all. It, it totally did. And what's interesting to me, if, if this were not an MCU movie, if Thor were not an MCU character, he doesn't get to make it the, the third movie. Right. To do this, because people get bored and they would yeah. never have seen this character again. I mean, even a character as, as popular as Spider-Man, like the, the Avenger, the, uh, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man, which was originally supposed to be a trilogy, I assume, yes. uh, only got two entries because those were you know, not very good. And uh, you know, Thor got two after, you know, one is redeemable, mm-hmm. Thor one, but Thor two is not. Oh yeah, Thor two is terrible. My uh, my family actually hated <laughs> Thor one so much that it, it influences their view of this movie. Sure, sure. Um, we need to talk about Kate Blanchett. Oh yeah, she is so great. Great, it's a great uh, look for her too. Mm-hmm. So. It was now 20 years ago that Kate Blanchett was starring in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. Um, as, as Galadriel. Uh, she looks damn near the same. Yeah. She hasn't aged a day. She looks amazing in this. She's terrific. She plays the villain Hela. Uh, I think, you know, top three MCU villain. Oh, yeah. Completely. It's pretty amazing considering that the character's motivation is destruction. Mm-hmm. And we often say that that's a really poor motivation for the character. It works for this one. It works. And I think it works because, yes, that's her primary motivation, but there's more to it too. She's also hurt because she's erased. Uh, she played a role. She was a, the hero, quote mm-hmm. unquote, to Odin in the beginning. Right. Uh, and then... Odin decided he wanted something else, mm-hmm. which so she, she still wants the same things, this destruction, mm-hmm. but she also feels hurt. Yeah, no, and I think you know we could say we could say her motivation is destruction. It might be that her motivation is you know she's got daddy issues. Could be, and 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 then it's like she's overcoming a lot of that, and yeah, whatever whatever she is, I think I think she's right up. I mean, you got to put Thanos at or near the top just because he's in like. He's like the main villain overarching the entire first four phases of the, the MCU. Yeah. Three phases. Um, and I think the only one that can kind of match her is Killmonger in uh, Black Panther. And we're going to talk about that, I think, next week. Right. Um, <clears throat> this is the point in time where I have a, uh, a dad fashion to make. Okay, dad fashion. For the longest time, I believe that Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton were the same person. Hmm. Or rather, I didn't know that much about the actresses to realize that they were two distinct entities because I was like, wow, Tilda Swinton really. I just thought the name was Tilda Swinton just wearing sure. a lot of makeup each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think my whole confusion became that movie Benjamin Button where they're both in it. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I, I can't believe it's the same actress. It turns yeah. out it's not the same actress. Yeah, I will say that uh, uh, you know my history with, with Kate Blanchett goes back... Uh, 
decades now prior prior even to to lord of the rings and you know my time of of watching like indie movies was like late 90s mid to late 90s right so it was like watching lots of like you know that's where i, I was into like the intellectual crap mm-hmm. once i got into you know my my older adulthood and i had kids and you know you know and I was, you know i'm arguing that you know die hard's a christmas movie now it's not an argument but, but back, it is a Christmas movie. But uh, back then, you know, like Cape Blanchett was like, I, I don't know what the the the, uh, the right analogy is for for now, but she was the the indie queen of, mm-hmm. of that, like kind of like Winona Ryder in the late eighties, sure. that kind of thing. Yeah. In, in my defense, I just didn't pay attention too much to actresses sure. or actors, and I was like, oh, looks. Sure, both in the, I don't know. And, and and I think, you know, you could say that Tilda Swinton is doing like a bad cosplay of, of Kate Blanchett. That, that, hey, when you don't know that they're different people, you just assume it's sure. really good makeup. Sure. Um, anyway, uh, uh, special toast to Kate Blanchett. She's terrific. In this movie. Yeah, excellent portrayal. <clears throat> so normally, uh, Kate Blanchett would have totally stolen the, sh- the show for villains, right? Like be the most memorable villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you talk about the movie, not the first villain that people mention. No, I mean, we've been talking for, for 35 minutes and we haven't talked about him. Yeah, and now well, it's time we're to We're gonna about. do it now. Yeah. Uh, a movie with Jeff Goldblum in it. He has to yes. mention Jeff Goldblum. Uh, he plays the Grandmaster, who is technically in the comics, mm-hmm. uh, the brother of Benicio Del Toro's the Collector mm. from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. He's also plays a small role in Infinity War. And this is the right way to do like two two main villains in a movie. Because you've got Kate Blanchett who is like super powerful. She is apocalyptic. She's gonna bring down everything, right? And then Jeff Goldblum is more comical and uh, lighter and he's uh, acerbic and funny and he's just jeff goldblum i don't know that he was actually cast in this movie i think he just might have showed up on set and they just put him in some makeup and he just pretended to be jeff goldblum all the time yeah. didn't have to pretend just was jeff goldblum was this really acting or was this yeah. just him uh if you've seen any of the uh, and i recommend it we've seen several of the episodes the national geo not geo uh the world according to jeff goldblum show it's really funny it's just jeff goldblum like asking weird questions like you know ooh, people wear sneakers Let's talk about that. Where'd that come from? Yeah, sneakers, huh? He has this whole episode about pools and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. <clears throat> uh, you mentioned this movie, The Dark Knight. Did too. And if we think about The Dark Knight, like that's got two main villains in it, right? It's got the Joker, who everybody remembers in that film, mm-hmm. and Two-Face, which is kind of meh a little bit. If there's any weakness to that film, it's the sort of the turn that uh, the Harvey Dent character uh makes sort of at the end and everybody remembers joker right the as a tour de force character and a lot of it is just because the other character was kind of the same it was just kind of this menacing destructive evil right and uh this is the way you can make a movie with two villains and have them both be memorable yep completely um so this is a so ragnarok's actually a real thing in norse mythology Mm-hmm. And it is very much the same sort of thing. It, it technically, uh, it means, and my wife is Norwegian, so I've, I've had a lot of those discussions because my son has questions about Norse mythology sometimes. Ragnarok is like, it basically just means like the downfall of the gods. 
so like it is the sort of thing where there's this big huge battle and they all fight um their particular villain that they're supposed to fight and there's a big there is a in fact a big wolf in it there's a big huge snake dragon kind of thing uh the world sinks underwater it is in fact like an apocalyptic thing and all the all the gods that you care about die at the end of ragnarok and and it's like then only two people are left to repopulate the world it's kind of like a lot of uh mythological religious sort of stories sort of do this like you think about noah's ark or adam eve is a very similar kind of story um yeah the the, the greeks have similar sort of end of the world type stuff too and this was covered in the comics right there was a comics run that oh yeah there's a ragnarok. there's definitely a ragnarok it happens it's very different in the comics mm -hmm. um <clears throat> i think they do try to actually fight it but one of the things that they do in the comics as well is they um the I think in the comics, it's like a floating city that, that Thor brings to Earth. And it's just like this, it's floating above Earth uh, for a while. And they don't that really happen in the MCU. No, they did. They just had like a town in Norway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do like that the, the town is established in this movie. Mm -hmm. And we, we get to see it in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Because right, that's the town where that's where Odin yeah. is when he's overlooking the water. Yeah, and they went back there in Endgame to sort of to, for Thor to get fat. Yeah, but we'll talk about that in a in a future uh, episode. Got to talk about Thor getting fat. <clears throat> we do have to talk about Thor getting fat. Uh, Thor is not fat in this movie. He is not fat. Chris Hemsworth's a hunky man. Short hair, Chris Hemsworth. Short hair, Chris Hemsworth. Should have mentioned that. Uh, Stan Lee is actually in one of his uh, final. Um, uh, cameos, in fact, gives him a haircut. As only Stanley could. <laughs> so, uh, so we've talked about you know this is a funny movie. Uh, so let's let's go over some great jokes. All right. And so I organize these jokes by uh, the characters that deliver them. Okay. <clears throat> we alternate. Sure. Do you want do you want to do you want to start? Go ahead. Sure. So, the Grandmaster. When uh, his right hand woman comes in, she says like, "Oh, the slaves are the revolting." It's like, "Oh, yeah. we don't we don't use that term here. We don't use that term." And she says, and he says like, "Which which which term? Mainframe?" It's like, "No, why would I, why would I care about mainframe? <laughs> the other fine. one, the S word. Oh, S -word. oh fine. <laughs> the the prisoners with jobs. <laughs> Great. He's he pardons his cousin from life. From life." <laughs> and then he doesn't want to be he, then he's like he goes on I'm, I'm stepping in it i'm stepping in it because his cousin turns to goo it's funny the uh the post-credit scene where uh -huh. uh, he he emerges from from his crashed spaceship and just saying like oh what a great revolution and i had a yes. part of it yeah can't have a revolution without something to revolt against right so uh 50 50 yeah. right? <laughs> it's like patting everybody on the back it's like yay us yeah. And it's such and I, a Jeff Goldblum sort of like good job everybody I don't even think he's trying to be smarmy there the characters and he's just he actually does believe that he contributed yeah. to what, what happened I think so I think so it's just everything he says in this film is good I think every it was just perfectly written for him so good um, so Thor is actually funny in this movie Amazing, and then I think that I think is the uh, the difference between this and the and the first two, is that they use Loki as kind of the comic relief, and to be sort of the the lighter 
part, which is hard to do when you're making your villain the light parts. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but Thor gets to sort of exercise his comedic chops in this. And a lot of it's very slapstick. Um, uh, he has two moments where he says, that's what heroes do. Yes. Right? And the first one, he's hanging from a chain in uh, Surtur's chamber. And he, like, you could see him, like, you know, open his hand to call Mjolnir. And it takes too long the first time. It's just like, oh, I timed that wrong. Sorry. Just give me a second. And then, <laughs> then it finally comes. Uh, and then the second one is, like, he's escaping from uh, uh, Hulk's chambers. And he's, like, he throws, like, a big... I don't know, a ball or something at the window to break it. And it comes back at his face and, and knocks him out. It's like, that's what heroes do. Yeah. Perfect. Like right. slapstick comedy. Slapstick and makes fun of the fact that they're in a superhero movie. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And speaking of like a kid wrote this next or a fan, or I think it was a kid wrote this next uh, joke. But when, when he and uh, when Thor and Hulk initially fight and they're, uh, he notices Hulk. He's like, he goes, yes. You know, it's like, he's a friend from work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On rewatch that part where he comes out, just, just happy to see when he yeah. sees the champion. That is mm -hmm. so incredibly great. Yeah. It is a moment where I wish I could have seen this movie without having seen any trailers whatsoever. Cause then it, yeah. Cause that was in the trailer. Yeah. It but wouldn't it have been spoiled. Joke. It was still great. It was a great joke. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a great story sort of towards the end when they're, they're escaping from, uh, Sakaar and he is telling Bruce about, uh, a story when Loki and he were young and Loki would, you know, turn into a snake and he knows that Thor loves snakes. So Thor went over to grab the snake and, you know, play with the snake. And then Loki, uh, you know, pops back into himself and stabs him, <laughs> stabs Thor. <laughs> And he's like, and, and the best line of it is just the very end. He's like, we were eight. Yeah. <laughs> and I think actually this story is the only way that you can redeem Loki. Like, because we've seen Loki murder a whole bunch of people in First yeah. Avengers. Mm -hmm. uh, in their world, so this is in Loki's defense, he, of course, they, they kill people. They try to kill each other all the time. It doesn't have any effect because they're as guardians. Nearly immortal. They're gods. Yeah. yeah. So not that it does excuse his actions, but... He lives in a world where, like, of course you could just stab your brother and no effect. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I sort of alluded to this, uh, this scene also, but it's the, the opening scene of the film. Uh, Thor is sort of spinning around in this chain. He's chained up and he's sort of in front of Surtur talking to him. And, like, the, the, the just subtle centrifugal forces just turn the chain, the, the, the thing ever so slightly. <laughs> And he turns away and he's like, oh, I'll, I'll get back to you in a second. I'm coming right back around. You know, I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> so good. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, Korg. Hey. Korg. Hey, Doug, can you come over here? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Doug's dead. <laughs> so good. We need to have a, some of us. Well, somebody has to try a New England, a New England accent, a New Zealand accent for this. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> okay, I'll try. So you're saying this this hammer you had almost a relationship with? Yeah. What is it? It beats him off or something like that? <laughs> oh, almost like the loss of a loved one. <laughs> almost like the loss of a loved one. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, piss off, ghost. 
Yes, he, he kicks the wall after that. Yeah. <laughs> after Loki, Loki appears. Yeah, Loki appeared and was talking to Thor, but it wasn't really Loki. Oh uh, yeah, everything, everything that Quark says. I would have, I would have won my revolution, but I didn't print enough pamphlets. Didn't enough, print enough pamphlets. Enough people, not enough people showed up. I, I just love the uh, the contrast of the big, huge rock, and you know, every time you have like a big, huge character like that, the the, the voice is always you know deep and powerful, booming. Right. And this is just like this, you know. Very mousy. Sounds like a skinny New Zealander. Yeah, which he is. Um, uh, Valkyrie's only got really one sort of really big fun funny joke, and it's it's that she's a drunken, you know, basically a drunken sailor. Yeah. Uh, but when she when she first appears, and she comes off of her ship and she's doing this strut, you know, like a hero, like slow motion thing, and she just falls off the the the. the, the pathway of the ship and so good that's funny <laughs> scourge. scourge scourge paid ex played expertly by carl urban smaller role but really funny yeah really good he has his his favorite toys that he got from midgard Des texas texas des uh -huh. and troy uh -huh. <laughs> which gets to play a role later on a couple of ar-15s or something like that yeah, yeah. <clears throat> gun control now Again, yeah. control control now. Although, if you're defending Asgard from uh, sure. you know, demons, zombies, demon zombies, yeah, go ahead. You Why not? Use your guns. <laughs> the shake weight. Yeah, it's a good joke. <laughs> good, just like lots of little, just subtle visual jokes in this thing. <laughs> um, I love the uh, the cheering that Loki does from the press box, basically when Thor is getting thrown around by the Hulk in the exact same way that Loki did in the Avengers. And he turns to everybody and he's like, he's like, oh, just a big fan of the sport. This is a really good line. <laughs> Look, now you know how it feels. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it's not Loki, uh, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention it. The, uh, the drama of Loki that the fake Odin puts on. Uh, starring Matt Damon as Loki in, in, a, in an amazing cameo. An amazing cameo. Uh, he looks great with the dyed black. Somehow they managed to make his dyed black hair look more ridiculous than I thought and, possible. Yeah, it's it looks super super uh, uh, greasy. Um, Hemsworth brother Hemsworth's brother plays the Thor in this little drama, nice. and Sam Neil, Sam Neil, uh, from Jurassic Park fame, uh, is Odin. Yes, and, and I was this years old when I found out that that was Sam Neill. <laughs> because Matt Damon totally sees the show. You understand that it's Matt Damon, and you don't sort of even think like you're going to care about, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute that's Sam Neill. It, I never registered that it, it's one of my favorite memes is Sam Neill like, <laughs> staring at the, the brontosaurus. And... Yeah, well, that's the, this is the thing that you should do is you, could, you should have a meme of, oh, my gosh, Sam Neill is in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, that's amazing. Um. Uh, an unintended consequence is this is like you know there's not many asgardians there that they sort of uh they escape at the end presumably yeah, yeah. these are two of them they don't show up at the end hmm. so did kate blanchett did, did hella kill them oh i hope not please don't kill matt damon she might have oh. and then we lose and then you know <clears throat> the first post-credit scene of this is uh uh you know the big ship um that turns out to be Thanos' ship, 
uh, and they end up losing half of their crew because they're all killed at the beginning of Infinity War. And those deaths seem to be real deaths. Yeah, they don't come back after the snap. Yeah, the, so I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if we're gonna ever see Matt Damon and Sam Neill as Asgardians ever again. Oh well, maybe maybe Korg will come back and say like, "Oh, look, I saved these other Asgardians from space." Mm -hmm. and oh, the joke out. with the with the oh oh Meek oh Meek's dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped on him uh, on the on the bridge, and I've just felt so bad. I had to carry him around, and then and then he wakes up. He's like, "Oh, look, he's alive." <laughs> So that's a joke very long in the making because now now that I know that that's going to happen, when you see early on, Meek is actually just wearing a sort of suit of armor. So uh -huh. half of that is not actually Meek's body. Right. So later on when you realize he's alive, I, I think I kind of realized what's happened. He's, he stepped on the exoskeleton. Yeah. And as Surtur is actually destroying Asgard, he's got the line, this has got the line of, this will be a refuge for all... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sandwich isn't so bad. The foundations yeah. look strong. This will be a refuge for all wayward people. And then it's just like just shows like, oh nope, sorry. <laughs> it blows up. There is it's a very uh Monty Python type sort of yeah. setup for that joke. <laughs> the Hulk. Hulk's got mm -hmm. some great moments. He does. Hulk comes out of the hot tub. <laughs> First time we ever get we to get, see Hulk we, just like chilling in a hot tub. We, we get Hulk ass. Yes. In this movie. This is PG thirteen. We got Hulk ass. Yeah. Full I mean like like a full scene of Hulk ass. Yep. I mean and, and presumably Thor got, you know. The Thor makes side. it Thor makes it very clear that he saw Hulk front side. Yeah. God, that's gotta be intimidating. Yeah. Well he just says, uh, not gonna forget that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we also see Banner falling out of the sky, like he does in mm -hmm. The Incredible Hulk, although it's not Mark yeah. Ruffalo then, it's mm -hmm. Ed Norton. Yeah. He does not oh. transform into the Hulk. <laughs> no, he just lands on the bridge, and the, and the big dog, Fenrir, just kind of sniffs him, and is just like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go on back to what, what I was doing. So, so here, and, and then, you know, Hulk does appear. So here's the thing. You clearly see him landed, and you see the wrist bent back in an awkward mm -hmm. position. Yeah. Do we now have proof of the immortal Hulk theory that, you know, Banner gets to regenerate when he turns into the Hulk? Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. He jumped out of a, he jumped, he, he jumped at least a hundred feet, right? Yeah. Maybe even more. That's kind of, I don't know. I would think that a, a normal human would probably die. Oh yeah, I I think he's dead. I think the Hulk brings him back to life, and I think we've now established how the Hulk Banner relationship works. Yeah, yeah. Hulk always comes back. Yeah. So we've gone over all these jokes. Anything, anything else that we missed? Ah, I think we think we hit we hit them all. We got every joke. Well, not every all joke. the jokes because the, the the whole movie's full of jokes. It's two hours of jokes. Yeah, just watch the movie. It's it's funnier. It's great. I think he had to do this because of the subject matter. The subject matter is about the end of Asgard's Ragnarok. Right, Asgard. We didn't mention that one. It's Asgard. Asgard. <laughs> Asgard. <laughs> but they, they found the only way to do this kind of movie is basically turn it turn the end of the world into a, a comedy. Yeah. Really brilliant idea. So smart. Mm -hmm. So well done. And that makes it one of the best Marvel movies. Yeah. But so, yeah. Not everyone liked it. No, not everybody liked it. Yeah. My family, all of them, mm -hmm. did not like this movie. To a person. To a person. And now I'll explain why. I think I know exactly what happened. 
we watched this movie, uh, as many people have probably done on Disney Plus, all together. Mm-hmm. So they've they watched the movie, and then the next time watched another movie. So the distance in between Thor one and Thor three was not very far. Yeah. So as they're watching the movie, they their interpretation is this is Thor trying to be funny yeah. <laughs> because they know he's lame because they saw mm-hmm. Thor one like the night before. Yeah. The reality is is there's about four or five years in between. Right. Films. So in real life, when you saw it with the distance, this totally works because you had separation. You you realize this is a new take. There was mm-hmm. build up. You knew it was Taika Waititi. You had all of this setup. We saw trailers. And we knew we were going to get something different and to reset expectations. They had no way of resetting those expectations. And so they're like, I don't like this guy. Now contrast us to the Ant-Man movies. Those all work. The second Ant-Man movie, it's even better than the first Ant-Man movie. They love those movies. Uh, and I think that's also why they like Endgame more than Infinity War. Because, hey, mm-hmm. no Ant-Man in Infinity War. There you go. Infinity War is very Thor heavy too. It is. So all of that doesn't work. If you already said, like, because you suffered through... <laughs> And again, Thor 1 almost derailed the whole endeavor. It was yeah. so bad. It's amazing that, you know, because Thor 1 and Thor 2 both really came out relatively early. In the, it's like in the first eight films in the MCU. Yeah. And uh, that, that the whole thing wasn't derailed because of those. I, my mistake was showing them Thor 1. <clears throat> I, I thought that was like, kind of, I remembered it being like, okay enough to get through. I'm like, well, you kind of need to know the character. Guess what? I was wrong. You don't. Yeah. Could have just started with the Avengers, huh? Yep, and been just like pretend you know what he is because that's what I did for other movies that are stinkers. I'm like, just pretend you know, yeah, and uh, go from there. According to my son, this is his favorite of the MCU movies. Oh my, higher than Black Panther, higher than all of the Captain America movies, higher than Endgame, higher than all of them. That's surprising because mm-hmm. your son's favorite character <clears throat> is Captain America. It was, yeah, I don't know if it is anymore. It's like you know, when when my son was just a bowling ball and running around doing parkour mm-hmm. captain america was definitely his favorite thing like when he would right. like run from the backyard into the living room and jump onto the couch right captain america that was him thing his thing right. he's 12 now and you know taste change. Got a, yeah a little taste change and i don't think thor is his favorite character i just think he just loves Funny. comedy Funny. in this movie yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah I, I do think there's an importance to like how the framing of the movie comes i, I would start with this movie yeah. You, you don't yeah. even need to see anything else. No, not with the character. I don't think, you know, we really we really should just remove There's a few movies we could remove from the MCU that it wouldn't really affect anything. Yeah. You know, you do The weird thing is is like of the two Thor movies, you kind of need Thor 2 more than Thor 1 just given Endgame. I think you just need I to wonder, know it exists. <laughs> I wonder if you could do, you know, like uh, uh, famously Topher Grace did like an edit of the three Star Wars prequels, yeah, which which cut the all three movies down to about an hour and a half, and just included like you know, from the first movie is just the the, the lightsaber battle at the end, right? Nothing yeah. else really of interest happens, and sort of makes it all make sense narratively, and like it's much tighter, the dialogue is cleaner, it's just it's just better. I wonder if you could cut down the first two Thor movies into about 45 minutes and just make it and make it it doesn't even have to be very good it just has to be not terrible and just make it like oh this is thor he does this and then just kind of put it on the front of uh ragnarok and then they, you're good yeah <clears throat> well 
unfortunately, again, you need Thor one and two because of Darcy. Yeah. And if any, if there's a flaw in this movie, there's no Darcy. That's the only flaw. Yeah. There's nothing. This is one of the. Um, so the the two Guardians movies are like this too, but this this movie has no Earth connection. Well, actually, yeah. they 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 jumped to Earth for a little bit. Right. Yeah. Uh, we didn't mention it. I sort of loosely mentioned it in the recap, but uh, Doctor Strange is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they are in Earth. Uh, they are on Earth for a little bit. <laughs> I've been falling for thirty minutes. <laughs> Another great line. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my uh, Loki, everybody. <clears throat> well done. All right, we've done it. Oh, my fa- my son's favorite joke. I will oh, tell you. Okay. Is it's actually at the at the in the post credit scene from Doctor Strange, and it's also a scene from this movie. Is when Doctor Strange and Thor are talking to each other and. Uh, Doctor Strange offers Thor some tea, and he's like, I don't drink tea. It's like, what do you drink? Not tea. And then, like, in his hand just appears a giant beer. That's kind of, that's one of those things where he drinks the whole thing, and then it just refills itself. So, <clears throat> because magic. Exactly. Having seen this trick, wouldn't Doctor Strange be the most popular person in the Avengers? Like, wouldn't he be the one you want to hang out with? I would think so. But he's also kind of a dick. Right, and that's my point. He's <laughs> totally a dick. The reason he has to give you the ever-filling beer is because he's such a dick. He, he still mm-hmm. wants to be liked. Yeah. The reality is, is that, like, uh, you know, he's, he's a little bit like Tony. I have a feeling that, you know, we've talked about how Tony Stark is the true villain of the mm-hmm. MCU phases <laughs> one through three. We might be talking about Doctor Strange as the true villain going forward. I have a feeling he's going to do something awful. I think so too. Oh, and we missed another joke of like, why are these pants so tight when Banner has to wear Tony's suit, which looks so ridiculous in nineties. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, Yeah. Oh, we missed the point break joke. (laughs) This is just going to be us talking about the movie and laughing. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's like that old uh, Chris Farley uh, Saturday Night Live uh, skit where he just, he would talk, he would interview a a famous person and be just like, uh, remember when you were in that movie and you did that thing and the guy's like uh, uh, yeah like, that was awesome <laughs> yeah that's this movie please go watch it please go watch it uh, and uh, tell us if you didn't like this episode or tell us if you like this episode yeah. I don't care All right. I, I did the episode whether you liked it or not <laughs> boom there you go thank you Shane thank you Michael <laughs>